Welcome to Men of the Hearts, a monthly podcast from the Archdiocese of Detroit Office of Priestly Vocations. Join me, your host, Father Craig Guerra. And me, Father David Pelican. As we explore the priesthood, hear vocation stories from the priests all over the Archdiocese, and answer questions about discerning a priestly vocation. Tune in every month to wherever you get your podcast and learn more at DetroitPriestlyVocations.com. Well, welcome, everybody, to another edition of Men of the Hearts. Our last episode we had on Father Cy Whitaker, one of the spiritual directors here at Sacred Heart Major Seminary, and also a Jesuit. It was really great to hear his story and how long it took him to actually become fully professed as a Jesuit and how much schooling they actually get. This month, we welcome a priest from the Archdiocese of Detroit. He has been a pastor at many different parishes and is now the rector for our cathedral. He also has a great passion for the arts. He's an artist himself, and he uses beauty to bring people to experience God. So welcome, Father J.J. Mack. Hi, thank you very much. Good to have you on the podcast today. Yes, yes, Exciting. good to have you here. Father David, how are you doing today? Doing well, doing well. There's a little bit of some flurries in the air driving here, so uh, I think the snow is going to be hitting us soon here. Exactly. <laughs> Making a snowman soon? Maybe. We'll see. Well, Father J.J., um, you know, want to tell us a blessing that's been going on in your life and uh, anything you'd like to share? Sure. We Well, today I went to my high school and uh, Gabriel Rochard uh, Riverview, and I was able to reconnect there, which was a little surreal being uh, uh, on the other side of the, uh, of the uh, you know, the pew. Yes. Uh, from when I was in high school. And then but one of the really exciting things, we're doing a lot at the cathedral. Um, I'll have to tell you about this. We're doing a, a pilgrimage journey for people. We're setting it up. And when I first got to the cathedral, I was finding a bunch of relics in different spots and cupboards and that. And uh, and so not was not my spirituality, but then was looking at this and kind of thinking, well, I've got to do something with this, and collected a bunch of them. We looked for the paperwork. There's uh, there's documentation that goes with them, found it, and the gentleman from the Vatican uh, looked at them, authenticated them, and did all that. And so with the Archbishop's help, it was kind of a curious deal. I was in my office, and I was with a couple staff members, and uh, we were talking about these relics. And uh, he walked in, he needed me to, to sign something. And I said, and the, and the dog's there, and the office is messy, and you know, we all, they looked a little, and I was a little embarrassed. So I said, Archbishop, I said, how do we become a pilgrimage site for relics? And then uh, that evening, he, uh, he had texted me a couple times, and then the next morning, he called me. He said, I, I want to go for a walk with you. So we went for a walk. And, uh, and what happened is he had taken some notes. He was praying about this, and to quote him exactly, he said, your question intrigued me. <laughs> so what I love about this is that, so to answer your question, long answer to your question, what was kind of cool is that we have 12 statues of the apostles that are seven and a half feet tall. And, uh, they're huge. They're huge. Yeah, they're I've been mammal. underneath them. Are those the ones that are sometimes like behind? Behind, they're the, in the drapes. Okay, yeah, yeah, I've yeah. moved them in there to get them acclimated to the temperature of the cathedral because oh, they're sure. starting to crack. Yeah. And but we I, had them all professionally clean. They had paint spattered on them and all that. And they were covered in yeah. mold. They're huge. And they're a mammoth. Yeah. They're huge. They're really cool. Each one is, yeah. is hand-carved. They were carved about 100 years ago. Wow. And so like St. John Ladder in the Cathedral of Rome, we're going to do a similar thing. We're going to put the statues all around around the uh, nave of the church, around the pews. And then in the side niches that where the confessionals used to be, they did a renovation about 20 years ago, we're going to make those into the reliquaries. So the um, Father Martins from the Vatican separated these 12, and I had one reliquary, the container for the relics, with the uh -huh. 12 sets of bones. And he separated into 12 different reliquaries. So you're going to be able to come and literally touch our first pope and oh, wow. you know, pray and find your saint. Our goal is, is to have um, each 
person come and be transformed. You're going to go and you're going to give your 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 want, your intercession, then hopefully come back. And other you know cathedrals, they might have miracles that occurred and people have crutches and, yep. and, and those types of things. We have because um, I love art. We I have I used to be a mosaic artist. I have all these you know thousands of these mosaic tiles, and we're using these tiles to be able to um, you're going to touch them and touch the the tile to the relic. Give your intercession once you find your saint. And you, we kind of call it enter the upper room or the yeah. Holy Spirit, oh, okay. kind of like that. I like it. And then so what happens is, is that our goal is, is that when your miracle happens, when your intercession is answered, you bring that tile back. And then we're going to be creating, because it's called the Cathedral of the Arts now, which is kind of fun. Oh, and wow. we're going to be making a, um, a large mosaic uh, piece of art with all the pieces that are coming back, because they're all a variety of colors. Well, explain that. What wow. do you mean you're called the Cathedral of the Arts? I never heard that. So what happened, uh, we, we use it as our uh, labeling because... I love art, love architecture, and have always, since I was a kid, have totally, totally loved this stuff. And uh, and so I discover God through art. I pray with art, and yeah. I thought, why can't other people it's discover how God, God through to beauty? Me. Yeah. Amen. Exactly. And, you're, and if you don't know our listeners here, that uh, Craig, Father Craig, pardon me, is an amazing artist. So he's gifted. Yes. I, I do, I sculpt and paint and do all those fun things. Not as much as I used to because I'm a little busier yeah. now. Yeah. And uh, but I make we're... art that people don't like. That's the type <laughs> of art I <laughs> hey, we, Everybody's a critic. So, <laughs> so, uh, nothing's going to stop us. we got to follow and you know, look at how they critique the big guy you know, So yeah. uh, yeah. 2,000 years ago. So yeah. the proof of God is beauty. Is John Paul II said that, St. Yes. John Paul II. And so why not continue to utilize beauty and, and bring people in? Because you know you just fall in love with God in wonderful ways like so. That. That's the tagline of of the cathedral now. The, the, the cathedral. cathedral of the arts, yeah. right? Oh, I that's like awesome. that. Yeah, I like we've that. been doing that. We've been that about that for a couple of years, and we've been. In fact, we have a whole master plan, which is exciting. We have a garden walk. We have sculptures that we already have. I got wow. uh, uh, mosaic uh, well, from one of the parishes. Mosaic uh, stations of the cross because there's no wow. stations of the cross outside, so you're going to be able to walk outside and come and sit pray, eat lunch, we're going to have, we're have a grotto of Our Lady going up, and all these different things. I put Since I've been there, we put up um, a, uh, a crucifix in front of the uh, the office, which is yes. an amazing mm-hmm. face. Yes, I yeah, love I've this seen face. that one. Yeah, I like it a lot. A lot of times people are wandering in, and they don't see the real beauty of it, so we're going to put, you know, hopefully appropriate signage and all that. But our first thing is to get this... Uh, this uh, rat- statue reliquary set up. Yeah, yeah. Going. I got to see amazing. a sneak preview of that. You had all the statues in the sanctuary on an evening with all the relics, and you got a little bit about each of the apostles, and you got to pray by the relic and kind of right. f- figure out like who you identify the most with. And it was interesting who I identified with at the moment. I'm not going to share with you why okay, and what. Yeah, yeah but it, it it was pretty powerful, you know. And if that's something that yeah. you know people can come to and experience, I think. Uh, yeah, that's such a, a great way to come to God. It's so yeah. curious that you say that because there was a gentleman we invited to one of those nights. We've done about five of them. And recently we just did it with the um, Chaldean community because my class oh, yeah. is Bishop Calibet, an awesome man, awesome bishop. And so he came and they were just so excited. But one of the individuals that came to one of the earlier pilgrimages thought he was going to, he said, this saint is my saint. He already knew yeah. it. No need to do this. He did it and walked away uh, with a totally different saint and had a. Wow. And that's my big thing. If you come, it's great. We come, you see some pretty statues. Great. You come and you touch some bones, but yeah. you got to walk away transformed. And yeah. that's what it is. And this guy was on fire. It was that was that's what keeps me alive. I love wow. that kind of thing. That's so amazing. I really really enjoy. It. And where we got this from when I first arrived about seven years ago at the cathedral, 
it was a uh, jubilee year, and so it was the year of mercy. And so they said, okay, Father JJ, you need to make a holy door. I'm like, what? Like, what do you mean make a holy door? What is that all about? <laughs> so um, what happened, we did you, a particular— Do you know how to make holy water? Exactly. I did that, too. Do you know how to make holy water? <laughs> oh, here <laughs> it comes. I, I do. You boil the hell out of it. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> we did that, but these doors were, uh, were wood and they warped, so we couldn't do that. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but what was kind of cool, we did sign. We got eight signs that we got from a, um, uh, like a uh, junk shop kind of a thing. And then we put a, a self-guided pilgrimage on it when you come off the parking lot because it's hard to go from the parking lot to the, uh, you know, it's far to get there when they did the renovation. So we thought, let's give them something to do. Yeah. So they walk around and we literally, you had to walk around the entire cathedral. Yeah. And as it, uh, and then this area that's normally uh, gated off, we opened it up for the Jubilee year and you walked mm -hmm. in towards these doors and, it, and the retreat got a little more intense as you um, it got a little more intense, as you got closer to the holy doors. But then you walk through, and other dioceses, every diocese had their cathedral have a holy door. And they would put a sticker up and say, this is our holy door. We did, I wanted more than that. So when they walked through the holy door and you got your indulgence, they didn't stop there. The doors were directly across from Blessed Sacrament Chapel mm -hmm. in Blessed Sacrament Cathedral. So then you came across, and I'm, I'm a person who doesn't, get rid of cool architectural stuff. And I've been saving things from parishes. That's where we got these statues. They, oh. um, we got them from uh, St. Benedict in Highland Park, which is now a closed parish. When I first got to uh, the cathedral, I had four assignments, and one of the assignments was a parish that was created by three um, closed parishes, and Benedict was one of them, and so we got oh. them from there. But anyway, the, uh, so when you entered into the Holy Door, you crossed into the Blessed Sacrament Chapel, and you made a commitment to Jesus. Mm -hmm. You had this beautiful kneeler that I've been dragging around. Well, he's about 50 pounds, and this prey dues out there. And so you knelt, and then you went, got up, and you wrote your intention on a ribbon. And then we took just acres of wire, and we wired it in between this big screen wall and this beautiful mm -hmm. Gothic cathedral and uh, and then you went over there and you tied your intention up and we offered the intentions of every mass that we did there for those that wall of mercy yeah. so then you when you were done you looked down and there was a little wood kind of a tile placard that we we sold out the internet there was not a single one left when that was done <laughs> and we put a stamp on one side of the of our image of the holy door our literal drawing of our holy door and the other side was a quote from the holy father about being a source yeah. of mercy so then you had to go home and you put it on your doorknob, and then when you open it, it would click, 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 and it would remind you as you heard the little banging on the door, uh-oh, I need to be a source of mercy. Yeah. And we had, the reason I bring all that up is that we had thousands and thousands of people come, yeah. busloads of folks. And the uh, Archbishop, Archbishop Vigneron, had a buddy of his from the Vatican come, this cardinal comes, and he takes them through it, and the guy said, and I say this not as prideful, but as something. I love this. The guy said he's never been through a better Holy Door experience in his life. Hmm. Wow. So that was kind of cool. And so we're basing the statue relic experience on that. So if you come, yeah. great. You get to see a pretty building. That's wonderful. Sure. But you're going to walk away, hopefully, connecting with the Lord, connecting with the saints a little more fully. That's awesome. That. Yeah, and that's kind of cool. Pray about it, please. I, you yeah, know, as, as, you were, as you were talking about the Holy Doors, I remember doing that as a seminarian going through and it was very powerful and i remember having that little uh that little wooden thing 
on my doorknob at seminary, you know, oh, each time cool. you closed it. Oh, so yeah, great. it was it was a beautiful uh, it was a beautiful experience, and you did a really good job with the whole walk up and the the signs on doors and everything. We had Spanish on one side and yeah. English on the other to try to be inclusive. But yeah. Yeah. do you know what I remember from that? No, Father taking Craig, that, what do you remember from taking that? that off the door when I got to the vocations office? Because I didn't. Well, it's this little piece of wood. <laughs> oh, it was still there. Huh? <laughs> Wait a minute. What are you doing? <laughs> the year of mercy was a little bit over. <laughs> no, that's great. I'm very excited. That sounds like an amazing, uh, yeah, amazing new way to way to enter in and encounter the saints, like you said, well, we and the Lord. And, we're always we're thinking creatively, you know, with yeah. this Cathedral of the Arts, and we have this whole master plan of different stuff we're hoping to do. And one of the things we had, we were interviewing, which we're not going to do, but we interviewed this group of people, and these were these young movers and shakers, and they was they were in Montreal and Las Vegas and Japan, and they and and so they come to the cathedral, and we had this thought of doing this, which they were very excited about utilizing something again to draw people in. But I mentioned this because we hadn't even started the statue relic project, and this young guy who was not churched, he couldn't care less about church or about God or whatever, and, and he was not formed in any, in any faith. He was so pumped. He's like, wait a minute, wait a minute. You have bones of the original? Said, yeah, yeah, we have bones. <laughs> and we showed them to him. He was walking on air. And so it was kind of cool in the fact that this guy who didn't even intend yeah. to do it, I don't believe in coincidence or luck. So I think yep. God works in everything. Yep. And I love that. And I just got to, our job, I think, is to figure out what are you asking of me? Yep. And this guy, he he would text me and call me, and it was it was really cool. Hmm. He has this little girl. He was in his late twenties, and he had this little girl, little baby girl. And I think that's transformative. You become a dad, and what's mm. this all about? So I think the Holy Spirit really worked well with him. It was just really nice. Yeah, that's awesome. It was really a great thing. Yeah, it shows that that type of stuff works. And that, Amen. The sacramentals that we have, and then like you said, beauty really brings people to God. Oh, how beautiful is that liturgy? I tell yeah, you, yeah. when you go, when it's done well, you really engage. So, Father David, what have you been doing? Anyth- oh. Anything as cool as that? No. Uh, <laughs> you no, made the snow <laughs> chapel. We did, we did make, and, and you know what? I was actually thinking about that a little bit because it was it was definitely one of those kind of outside the box, very creative. We modeled it after the one up north, but it was cool to see how the beauty that was there spoke to people who otherwise wouldn't set foot in the church, right. you know? And, right. and and I think that's, you're onto something. You said the proof of God is beauty. You just gave an excellent talk with that title at, at our parish oh. divine child. And, uh, mm. but I think, I think there's, you're really onto something there that beauty can speak in a powerful way and lead people to the Lord. Uh, yeah. But it's got to engage them. And I, I don't know, yeah. like, like I, whether you like art, you said people, you know, Father Craig, you know, you make art that people don't like, or how did you say it? <laughs> I think, yeah, that's, that's good. But there, but I, I think it gets a reaction. No, I love that. Yeah, I love no. that. I remember. I don't even get a reaction. Being too hard. This is too much to tell. Looking at wallpaper. <laughs> when I was out in Troy at Saint Anastasia, we did something called Art for God's Sake, and it, it's yeah. uh, and so art can be very self-serving. And there's this mm. thing. There's a saying called Art for Art's Sake, and I think yeah. it's so which is interesting because I was going to bring this up a little bit later, but let's talk about it now. We'll get to vocations. So don't <laughs> sure, worry. Sure. Keep, keep on the line. We'll talk about it. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> but um, yeah, at first because I helped you with the first art right, for God's and that's sake. what I was going to bring and I, up. And I helped set it up, like as far as like hanging it, because right. I used to work at an art gallery, and that was my favorite thing to do at the art gallery. But I always thought it was like a play on like, you know. Like you know, almost like the derogatory when you say for 
sake, you know, like do this. And I always oh. thought like, oh, it was a play on that for, you know, for God's sake, art for God's sake, you know, in a sense. And then I realized that there was so much more meaning behind it oh, when you yeah. explained it a couple of weeks ago. Mm. Was it a couple of weeks or a couple of months ago now? So, yeah, explain what so art there for is art a, means and art for God's sake. saying that I'm not even sure who penned it, but it's called Art for Art's Sake. Yeah. And that art is the center of everything, and then in there, you know, and I and you have met enough artists, I'm sure, in your life that sometimes the, it's so ego-driven, and I find that to be just so off-putting. Mm. And when I was in a, um, I was in a meeting, and our lives can oftentimes be filled with meetings, and oh, and I was just, you know, waiting, and I, I was doodling. I'm always drawing and doodling something, and I had this thought about this. Art, you know, why couldn't we do an art show? Why couldn't we have this? And again, no coincidence or luck. But then um, I thought this art for God's sake, because I think everything should be for God, whether we're cognizant mm -hmm. of it or not. We mm -hmm. are motivated. We're we are sustained by God. Every everything it should be about that. And if we discern properly and we keep laser focused on God, we're going to be happy. I, yeah. I know I am happier when I do that. Doesn't mean it's always going to be easy. It just I'm happiest yeah. when when we do that then I know I'm fulfilling a purpose. Again, no coincidence or luck. So I do this, grab a pe group of people, these real movers and shakers, and I think this is gonna work. And I said, let's do a real high-end art show. And um, it just didn't go anywhere. And so mm. I, I put this giant file together, and um, there's a, my assistant, um, or a woman in the, in the parish, whom I didn't know at the time. Uh, her name is Christine. Um, she, we were doing cuts for a cause where they cut hair in our uh, social hall. And they started to talk about, we should do something with art, is what they said, not knowing that I had this you know, brainchild of having this art show. So what happens is she comes up and she says, hey, Father, because it was a big parish, 3,500 families. And she said, oh, yeah. um, and she said, well, we should do an art show. And I said, oh, that'd be great. Let's do that. I said, you can be my new chairperson, I said. And I <laughs> pull her in. I have no idea who she is. And I give her this file that's about a foot thick with all my notes and all these things. And, and she just doesn't have any idea the first thing about putting on an art show. And, uh, and so then we began to pray about it. Every yeah. day we prayed about it. And we prayed at a certain time and she'd bring in this person and this person and this person brought in her sister. Her sister is in the medical field. There was this patient and, and she um, found out he was an artist and, and was talking with him and he came and got involved and he teaches at Wayne State. This next person who was just kind of like this, oh. every person after him was coming in. Yeah. And so it ended up, it took us about two years to put this thing together, but we transformed with the help of Father Craig. Um, the uh, the whole entire parish was transformed into a giant art gallery, basically. It was for, huge. For three wow. Because it was at St. Anastasia, and it's a pretty big campus. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of building. And... Every nook and cranny was utilized. Yeah. We had wow. music composed for it. We had 400 pieces of art. We had six countries represented. Priests wow. and, and religious got to, if they were artists, they got to put it in for free. They did it. All the resources went to the homeless when we were done. Wow. But we taught people how to pray with art. We had uh, events. People were creating art as during the weekend, and you got to observe that. You got to participate. We had, um, you know, um, dance as a part of it. We had everything because it was all inclusive, and it was it was really exciting. And why I um, I share all this is the fact that we look back on the end and, and, and how transformative it was. So Christine then started working for the church and now works at the cathedral with me. 
And also at the cathedral, there's this individual, and it was non-denominational. Didn't yeah. matter. Just as yeah. long as you're, you know, however you experience God. And we had all of these racks, which Father Craig helped put all the art up and figure out what would go where. And you had little descriptions, you know, because it's one thing yeah. to look at a piece of art and say, oh, that's pretty. But yeah. then when you understand the reason why the artist did this, 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 and this, right. or this symbolic meaning, and then it comes alive. And so what happened is, is there was this artist who was Jewish came in and uh, through the experience of Art for God's Sake was clearly transformed because she ended up getting baptized. So I was able to baptize wow. her. And she's now a, an usher at the cathedral. So it's kind of a, a yeah. wonderful thing. So really involved, but I was laughing because the Archbishop Vigneron came to, we had a big opening gala on the first night. And he came to that and um, he asked Father Guerra, I said, Could, may, I, may I see your art? And I remember just his expression or lack of expression. He just was looking. He wasn't saying anything. You were trying to explain it. And I said, poor Father Craig. You know, he worked so hard on this thing and the Archbishop doesn't get it. So it was good. I like your art. So well, that's the expression I get always. <laughs> We've come full circle. No, I actually, I think I sold that piece to a parishioner um, who really liked it. What motivates you as an artist to be creative? Oh, uh, well, they don't want to hear about that. Yeah. Oh, I think they do. Yeah, I, do. I think we do. No, I just think I think I make art like I preach, and and I like to take from the scripture and to learn from scripture because it's the living word, so Amen. it can have so much meaning to it that you can take a, a piece of scripture and and preach on that through your own experience, and it comes alive through you, and hopefully a person has a shared experience with that when you're preaching to them. Yeah. So the art is somewhat the same. I take usually a famous painting or something that's very recognizable and rework it to kind of tell a different story. So it's someone's able to move into something because you've already seen it before, but then uh, something's a little bit off, something's different mm -hmm. and, and have a new experience from it. So that's, well, that's how I work. That's a, I love the analogy like about that. preaching because good preaching, you it comes alive in a new yes. way for you. It's applying it to your life and you walk away, you know, rather than, oh, isn't that a pretty painting? But isn't that, oh, like you're thinking about it yeah. later and it, and it stays with you. There's an impact. We did a, uh, prior to the pandemic, we don't have a lot of space. One of our um, uh, our goals for the master plan is we're going to, we want to put an atrium on for art and we're going to uh, renovate. We have a gym that's not usable now, but utilize that for receptions and different things and uh, to be able to display art. And so one of the, we have this cloister area, which is a hallway outside the chapel. That's basically our only area where we can hang things. Yep. And I uh, love the Blessed Mother. I uh, was at a zillion Blessed Mother named parishes. And so she's always watching out for me. So I wanted to honor her in this particular month. And, uh, and then we were getting ready for May, in the month of May. It's Blessed Mother's Month. But then, um, and if you heard about there was a pandemic. <laughs> and so the pandemic hits, and I had asked these artists with, and I picked female, male, different cultures, and different style of art so they yeah. knew they would do that and so they each created a piece for that that was going to be um uh, kind of when you come in almost like a gallery but you're going to we're going to explain what it's about and be transformative about you know kind of following the way our lady did mm -hmm. couldn't do it you know but nothing stops us so we did um a uh i'm not techie these are not my gift of uh, <laughs> uh this kind of stuff but we did a um uh, like a Facebook live thing. We had all these people watching and they, and I interviewed each one of the artists and they were able to, you know, sometimes it was only through kind of the Zoom experience, but we were able to yeah. put their art up and teach about art, but also 
understand it. Because like what you just said, Father Greg, you know, yeah. it really does mean something when you're like, oh, I'm going to look at this art in a different way. And in fact, just this morning, um, uh, one of the artists gave me this beautiful image. It was a beautiful, beautiful image of the Blessed Mother. And these two ladies uh, came in and they're like, wow, is that beautiful? It's on the floor. It's eventually going to go up on the, in the sacristy uh, um, up there so people can appreciate it. But they just, they did a double take. They were asked, came into my office to ask me for something. And, and then like, what? Where'd you get that? And they were, and so yeah. I think good art, whether you really love it or not, whether it's in your style, your taste, it can, it can be transformative. I really, I just yeah. love that. So yeah. hence the same thing with the Holy Spirit. I love that. That's awesome. I love that. That's sweet. Praise be to God. So we know art is, and beauty is something really important in your life. Um, and of course, being a priest is really important as well. So segue uh, yeah. a little bit into, you know, how <laughs> nice you transition. How you, subtle. Yeah, seg segue. Um, <laughs> so yeah, why don't you kind of explain like when you first started thinking about priesthood and how that all came about? Sure, sure. And I, I don't know how common this would be, but I did not really want to do it. I was raised in a yeah. Catholic household. I'm the youngest of six kids, love my family, wrote my thesis on family, um, went to Catholic school all my life except for kindergarten, and went to Michigan State for a couple of years. You went to Michigan State for kindergarten? For kindergarten. <laughs> yeah, that was a very brilliant five-year-old. <laughs> and, and, and so I, I was blessed because I had these awesome sisters who were, you know, really playing to the seeds, great priests, and uh, but never really, ironically, never really knew a priest that well. You know, didn't huh. didn't get that you know warmed up to it. So when I was first ordained and had schools, they used to call me Father Education because I lived in those schools. Come thinking, go to a Catholic school, see a priest, and we would have fun and goofy and you know had super soakers and run around the playground. So you see that you're nice. you know you're just like you're a normal person. Yeah. You're just you know yeah. you've been called, and in, in this particular way. So I I was in high school. And I started to get the inkling, like, this is, because I love my faith. I just love it. I love the Lord. I had a, you know, experience of Christ, yeah. meaning I just, a relationship with Christ and love, just loved it. And really, I'm a high feeler off the scale and just felt God's presence a lot. Yeah. And so love talking about faith. But then I thought, I do not want to do this. I do, I, you know, mm. I was a draftsman and I, I actually was a draftsman literally in, in at this Robert J. Corporation and, and we do all those things and I was gifted in that, but I'm thinking, no, I don't want to do this faith thing. I want to do something yeah. else. And um, so I didn't bring it up because um, I didn't want to be embarrassed or didn't want anybody to treat me differently. So I talked with a priest. I, I, there was a, a buddy of mine from high school who was an exchange student from Mexico and uh, didn't have his license. And uh, I didn't have my license either. So talking about nerdy, we had our dates drive us. And so we, uh, so, <laughs> but he was, he was, rather than having like a host family, he lived at the parish. And so I became close with him and brought him into the family and all this kind of thing. And so we doubled the homecoming. So my date and I pick him and his date up and uh, ended up talking with this priest. And, uh, Wait, at prom you talked? Not not that night. Oh, okay. I met him and I said, oh, this guy seems kind of, you know, he seems like a normal guy I can maybe yeah. talk to. So I called him up and, and uh, didn't let my buddy know, didn't let Carlos know, but I, I met with this priest and he kept meeting with him. And, and I remember he's saying, Jade, you're fighting this way too much. He said, huh. if God wants you to do this, you just, you don't want to do it. So go off to state, you know, you've applied there. And, and, uh, and so I did and I thought, okay, I did it. Shut that door, lock it. You know, I don't ever have to look at this again. 
But then, you know, the door kept popping open, popping so, open. So in high school, what were you doing? I mean, were you active in your faith life? Were you oh, yeah. just a Sunday mass kind of guy or did you pray the rosary? Were you doing extra prayer? Were you part of a youth group or like what yes, was going on? I, all of those things. I did all those things, but... So you had a healthy prayer life. Healthy right? prayer mm-hmm. life. And in fact, I worked at a vet clinic. I love dogs. I love animals. Mm-hmm. And I worked at a vet clinic and the guy had um, a zillion different plants and he had something called a rosary plant. And it was huh. it wasn't doing very well. It really looks like a rose right. I've never seen one since, but it's it's like they have these beads almost that that hang off it. So he uh, he gave it to me. He said, "Here, you want this?" You know. I said, "Sure, sure." So I said, uh, "Okay, God, if you if this lives, then you then I'll I'll do it." But I you huh. know, but I, you know I know the, the, my little secret huh. plan. I like that. So I never yeah. watered it. Never did it because I didn't want to do it. And the poor thing died, so I didn't think that was a real fair deal with God. Yeah, right. So, <laughs> so. I, did, I did things like that, too. Yeah, I think we all do at one point or another, you know? <laughs> well, at State, like even then, I was so involved in the youth group, involved in all those things and loved it, but it gave me an opportunity to talk about faith, did the retreats, did all those kind of things. But it was like, oh, everybody else is doing it, too, so I don't have to stand uh, out. I didn't like to be the focus, never liked to so be the center. So in high school, you were kind of to yourself or? About that. Yes. Okay. And did not want to do it. Went one time to Sacred Heart Seminary and uh, went there, but didn't, I didn't want to give anybody my name. I did it just kind of, they had kind of a, like a night where you look, so, but I, I did, nope, nope. I was fighting it, fighting it, fighting it. Sure. I wanted to be like all my siblings. I have 20 nieces and nephews and 20 great nieces and nephews. Wow. And so, you know, love family. And oh, yeah. Really so you were yeah. dating and everything? Oh, yeah. Obviously. Oh, yeah. yeah. And in fact, I'm still connected with the gal that I was that probably I would have married. Had I, and I'm yeah. godfathered one of her kids, and it's really kind of nice. And wow. and her other kid lives right near the cathedral in Hamtramck, and he comes, and so it's kind of fun to stay connected. Yeah. And uh, so and so it's really you know so it's 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 really a good a very good thing. Yeah. And 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 so then when I went to Michigan State, that's when it was really really hit me. And I and with it, student parishes are awesome because they really yeah. help you to come alive. And um, and so what I did is I went before the Blessed Sacrament, I remember, and I was studying. I've always been a workaholic, and I'm you know, studying. So I sit, and I fell asleep in the church in front of the Blessed Sacrament and, and all that. And uh, I decided, I said, what I'm going to do is I'm going to go on what they used to call live-in weekend. We call them discernment weekends now where you yep. come to stay at the seminary. And so I didn't tell anybody. Didn't tell my roommate. Huh. I didn't tell anybody. Didn't tell my best friends. I um I told my roommate I said if anybody calls because we had we didn't have cell phones we had the phone on the wall so if anybody calls tell them I'm at the library, and uh, and so you know lie for me you know because I'm going to do something you know Catholic and so so I didn't tell them where I was going I said don't ask me where I'm going, and I had no money but I I scrounged up money to buy a, a bus ticket, wow and I and I took a bus to Sacred Heart to here to Detroit from Michigan State from Michigan State and then I went on the it's weekend a journey. Oh yeah, and I and I went for the weekend. I I uh, had to come the next morning because I had a, an exam the night before, and um, and it was an odd. You know, I was like, I'm thinking, oh, I, I, everybody's going to have robes and beads. It's going to be so yeah. different. I'm going to be uncomfortable for the weekend. I'm going to hate this. I'm going to hate this. I'm going to hate this. And it was the exact opposite. It was so funny. Yeah. It was just these normal guys that I really liked that um, you know were engaging, and and I thought, okay, God. This is it. And I literally made the decision that weekend. And I didn't, our family's very close and we don't make decisions without kind of discerning with the family. What do you think about this? And what is this all about? And especially with my mom and dad, God rest them. Yeah. So I signed up for the seminary, did everything all done then. And I come home for the Christmas break. 
Um, this is after this is my second year at, at Michigan State, and I come home for Christmas break, and I said, to, uh, you know, Mom, Dad, I said I'm sitting him down, and I remember exactly where I was standing, and I said, um, I just want to let you know I'm not going to Michigan State next year. And my dad was this tough cookie, you know. You we didn't have a lot of money, and you know we're spending all this money. I mean, what are you what are you going to do? You're going to waste mm. my money. What are you going to go run off and you yeah. know to do this? And I said, and I told him I'm going to the seminary. And my dad, who was the tough guy, you know, breaks down. He's crying. He's so happy. Uh. He loves us. My dad had an awesome experience. Of if we have time, I'll tell you about that. Yeah. But he was really good. And my ma, who was a little more, um, you know, stayed in her in her uh, emotions. Um, we she always showered at night because we only had the one bathroom and eight of us in a household you know it was oh, easier yeah. than fighting for one in the morning so she would do it at night so she comes up and i'm i'm home for the christmas break you know from from state and uh and she's crying i'm like ma well you know and she said i knew there was a reason you lived because i was born two months early i was only two pounds they didn't think i was going to survive oh, and all wow. this oh, wow. and so it was just kind of funny and i've always held yeah. on to that not in some grandiose way but just in thinking, oh, I mean, well, there is some kind of real. Well, I got to serve in the right way, and yeah. I think that you know. So I fight it. I said to the to the to the group today at, at when I went to my high school this morning, celebrate mass. I said, hey, God's calling you. We had a um, yeah. a group from a youth group come to the cathedral, and I gave them a grand tour right before mass on Sunday, and and I said, hey, you guys, you're going to be. They're all going to be confirmed. This group yeah. was going to be, and I said. Ask the Holy Spirit. I said, you ask the Holy Spirit, what, you know, which gift are you looking for? Which one do you want? But then what are you going to do with it? Because, you know, I, yeah. I just, again, right. we're going to be happy. I mean, are you not happy doing oh, what you're gosh. doing? I we are. I love, what, I love what I'm doing. Can't imagine doing something else, you know? But oftentimes I think I did. I thought the world had to come to an end. I'm never going to be able to yeah. do the things yeah. I liked. Yep. Give me a break. I'm I'm doing art. I'm I'm loving architecture i'm transforming things helping people i, I love to meet with people i'm a, i'm an yeah. extrovert as you yeah. can tell in <laughs> some sense you're probably doing more than you would you have more opportunities totally more than... yeah oh god is amazing yeah, it, yeah. I, I, re, I i know that sounds a little corny but it really is an amazing gift i love yeah. it i love it i and it's it's in the oddest things like i I'll be in a supermarket and somebody will come up to me and there'll be this exchange or somebody yep. now with these we live stream at the cathedral and somebody will come up and say I know you, and even when I'm not necessarily wearing a collar or something, and then we'll start a conversation, and and it's just these doors are open. I'm the I'm the chaplain for the patron of the arts of the Vatican Museum. Yeah. I'm this torpy little kid from Dearborn Heights, and I'm like, how did I? <laughs> what am I doing? I mean, what is this? So God, yeah. Why don't you explain what that is? That's kind of interesting. Yeah, what is that? Cool. So cool we there's an organization called the Patron of the Arts of the Vatican Museum, and we raise funds to restore art in the Vatican Museum. And it's the largest museum in the world. People oftentimes don't know that there's more art in uh, in the Vatican Museum than there is at the Louvre. And uh, wow. and it's not all Catholic. If you've never been, people think, you know, oh, it's all going to be. Well, it's got some uh, some of my type of art in it. Right, right. It's <laughs> modern art. It's <laughs> not exactly. my art, but my yeah. type of art. Right. So it's it's unique to be like this is in the Vatican Museum, but it, they use the same thing. And so what we do is there, it could be lost if you don't take care and preserve art it can yes. be destroyed for future generations yes so we raise funds to make sure that people can always benefit from this beauty and, and our chapter is one of the largest ones the detroit chapter is is one of the most uh, prolific it started with um uh cardinal shaka when he was the uh, president of the vatican state and he got this thing rolling and, and realized the the need for this and so it's been something that's been going on since he was there that's awesome yeah it's wonderful so um you're in Michigan State. 
you have this idea to go to a come and see weekend. What happened on that weekend that really kind of changed your heart? Well, I think the what it was was seeing that it's not that different. I, I mean, yeah. I was doing things that I was trying to serve, you know, the Lord, and I would go. I always went to Mass and even got um, my best buddy from Michigan State. Um, the first person I met at Michigan State ended up becoming my best buddy, and he's Indian. So when I was asked, I asked him a question because I didn't know where I was going. And he, uh, I thought he was going to have this, you know, Indian accent. And he didn't. He had a Brooklyn accent. I'm like, why? And I started this conversation with him, and he was an exchange. I'm sorry, he was coming from out of state. So he invites me to this party, and we hang out or whatever, and he's Catholic, and he comes from Kerala. He was born there in the uh, Catholic area of, of India. And, uh, and so I even finagled him. It was so funny. I said, okay, if I do this, if I get you, you got to come to Mass, because he was not a Mass goer. So oh. I, I realized something there I should have known then, because I, I just came alive in my faith. I loved it. And uh, at that time, and, and really thought, okay, God, what's going to make me happy? We all look for that. Yeah. If I get a billion dollars, that's going to make me happy. If I do this, it's going to make me happy. And where was I most fulfilled? And uh, and then I I went to that seminary, went to the seminary, and, and saw these guys. I'm like, this could be for me. I think I'm going to take this uh. leap of faith. And it was pretty radical for me as uh, as a, again, kind of feeling insecure. And first time I ever got up in front of a group, I. Um, Ended up, um, I was doing a reading. I volunteered to do a reading at Mass and uh, ended up walking off and getting sick. I hated getting wow. up in front of groups. So huh. I'm thinking, okay, huh. any excuse I could use to not do this. Yeah. And, you know, and no excuse was good enough. And so what happened is I just, I went, and each year my vocation seemed to get stronger. And I'm, and I, yeah. one thing I, I love about this is kind of basically what you see is what you get. I'm not a person who puts on airs. And I thought, well, who, not me. I'm not like that. Yeah, that that guy up in the sanctuary who does you know whatever and I, but it seems like God has utilized the gifts and and, and yeah. but He does it with everybody. You yeah. get introverts and extroverts. You get yeah. tall, short, you know, everybody. And it doesn't matter. We're all called. I don't care who we are. We're yeah. all called, and that's what I love. And people and I say this to my staff, and sometimes they roll their eyes because I love getting volunteers. And volunteers aren't easy to work with because you have to train a volunteer yep. to do what you need them to yep. do. But I say, hey, gang, this is how faith comes alive. If they're active in the church, I don't care what you're doing. And I say, whether you're stuffing envelopes or feeding the homeless, because sometimes we have to think we're doing something grandiose. Yeah. Any little bit we give to God, he's going to turn into something beautiful. Amen. And, and a few weeks ago, uh, we had... Uh, except for my art. Except for your uh. art. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Where <laughs> the, the, the jury's still out. <laughs> but I had in, in uh, my everybody's searching, and I have a cousin who um, whose son unfortunately took his own life a couple years ago, mm -hmm. and uh, came to the cathedral, and she brought some friends with her. And I always say I don't believe in coincidence or luck. I look, you know, I'm, that's my saying. I say ad nauseum. So I'm constantly looking into events. I'll be praying about you. I'll be praying about all people listening on this tomorrow morning because that's when I do my prayer. I get up really early because my day I go and go and go until I collapse, you know, with all the stuff. And so I'll be praying about you guys. But I, but what happened is, is I, I discern. I look at my day before and I say, what did I do here? Did I do a good job? Did I do a you know so-so job? Did I do a lousy job? What do you want me to learn from this experience, Lord? Yeah. And so in doing that, and I said, you know, said something like that in the homily. And one of my cousin's friends said, she said, you keep bringing up this. She said, you, you know, you're, you're a believer in signs, that God has always given you these signs. And I said, yeah, yeah. And she said, 
how come I'm not seeing these signs? And my response was, well, are you looking for them? Yeah. And she stopped. She said, you know what? I don't think I am. And guess who's coming regularly to the cathedral now to kind of ah. look for signs? So I think that's really an awesome yeah. gift. Yeah. And so it's that simple little thing. And God's working in her life yeah. just as much as, as he's working in our lives. Yeah. We're just calling in a different way. Yep. So I yeah. love that. That's awesome. Okay, so you, you came to the discernment weekend. You saw how all these people were normal. You liked it. You applied. Applied. You told your family. You went had, through the psych evaluation and passed. Went through the psych evaluation, <laughs> passed, and everything. With my uh, with my family was kind of curious because uh, it was at the beginning of the break that I talked, told my mom, dad, and so then uh, at Christmas, uh, all the siblings and the in laws are coming over, and we have the meal at my mom, dad's. And so they said, well, let J.G. do the toast. Let J.G. do the toast. And, and uh -huh. that's what we're going to do. So we have, you know, and so we do the toast. And so I get up and I said, well, I said, because half my family's Michigan, half is Michigan State. Oh, boy. And so uh, my blood runs green. And so what happens <laughs> is, is I got up and I said, well, I'll always be a Spartan. My blood runs green or whatever. And then I started to get a little choked up and get a little emotional. I couldn't talk. And my sister thought I was announcing that I had cancer. <laughs> so, it was, so I had a much better announcement in that. But, that, but so family is really supportive, and, and I love That's that because I need that. That's but great. I have a great admiration because not everybody's family yeah. is as supportive. My uh, best, another friend of mine in high school, I talked with him and, and, uh, and his family, and his mom said to me, she said, uh, well, I'm glad it's not my son. And mm. I, was little, I was a little sad about wow. that because I'm thinking, yeah, yeah, yeah. what is your image of church and priesthood yeah, and all that kind of thing? Because yeah, yeah, yeah. I love it. I, I just love yeah. doing this. Yeah. I mean, the, the every door is opened up. It's just kind of yeah. cool. Well, and it, it's true because we've had some priests on here who have said like initially their parents were very unsure or not so supportive. Mm -hmm. And I, I do think oftentimes parents always want what's best for their kids. Sure. And maybe they just can't see like that you could really be happy or fulfilled doing it. And I think I think sometimes that leads parents to maybe yeah, initially, to you know, be concerned. Well, even my dad said, well, that, that, could, that could be a lonely life, you know, he ah, said. Yeah. And and yet, mar I know married people who live lonely lives. Sure. I know, sure. you know, all this kind of thing. And so I think it's how we react to that. Oh, and I want to make sure that you understand my dad, I, I was going to mention this earlier. Yeah. My dad was awesome, funniest man I have ever met in my life, yeah. most um, irreverent guy. And I say that <laughs> because he was the most faithful guy. He um, grew up in a really, really rough household, sure, uh, abusive and all that kind of thing. And oh. he, um, his dad abandoned him and never knew his father. And then the, the stepdad comes in, abusive stepdad, dies when my dad's 14. And then apologizes to my dad on on when on his deathbed, wow. and uh, so my dad then has to go to school, high school two weeks, um, and then go to work two weeks, high school because he had to support the family. So he he grew up pretty quick, and then he joins the Marines, and uh. he gets sent over in World War II to Iwo Jima. And if you know anything oh, yeah. about Iwo Jima, is, is a pretty rough experience for those soldiers. So he is in a foxhole with his group of soldiers and draws the short straw and has to go get all of the provisions for his fellow uh, soldiers. Huh. And he's running to wherever these, where we had to go get him and they're shooting at him and bombs are going off and all this kind of thing. And he comes back with this big package full of food and he jumps into the foxhole and a bomb had gone off in the foxhole and everybody had died. And oh so he's goodness. laying there in the rain and it's muddy and he does one of those, you know, I'll never sin again kind of promises. You know, come on, God, get me out of this. 
But he says it to Our Lady, to the Blessed Mother. And he says, Blessed Mother, if you get me out of this, I will pray the rosary every day, and I will will pray this particular novena every day. And God rest him, but he never missed it in in 70-some-odd years before he died. And uh, I have to believe just that witness, you know, of that dedication and wanton, and he really was, you know, involved in his kids' lives. And nope, you're not going to do that. You can't make enough money, you know, because we we grew up so lean and financially. And so he really wanted us to, to do well, but he really was a faithful guy. And uh, funny beyond belief, just <laughs> hilarious. He he was in a uh, uh, he got he won tickets to a, a comedy show because he was the best salesman for forty years at the company he worked for, and uh, and he got the front table with my ma at the rooster tail and uh, the comedian. The makes, rooster tail. I know, and that's funny. <laughs> so my dad stands up and the comedian's talking with him and asks him, and my dad responded, but he said something funny. And my dad kept responding back and forth. And my dad was getting bigger laughs than the comedian. <laughs> so the comedian made my dad sit down. So he was, but he was great. It was just kind of fun. So, so in other words, you can have fun no matter what you do. And I, yeah. love, I love joy. And, yeah. I, and I think that's what, we, that's what we're doing. That's yeah. what a priest is about. Yeah. I think, a lot of, amen. Yeah. I think a lot of guys think that joy will be taken away from Yeah, you. yeah. exactly. Ugh. It's or, not all, you know, butterflies and rainbows, but, you know, but sure. you we're, nowhere is. And so you just serve and you be hopeful. Yeah. I mean, you're yes. going to make a sacrifice somewhere in your life, you know, have that sacrifice chosen with God, then rather have it just heaped right. upon you because everybody has to go through some type of cross. It is so fulfilling. Yeah. I, yeah, I don't know how else is. to put it. it I, I, like, give it really me your, I, I'm doing way too much talking. I'm sorry. But, well, you, you're <laughs> no, that's why you're here. Yeah, yeah, but I, mean, <laughs> I want you guys to share. No, but it really is fulfilling when you get these people who just open up their lives to you. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and I have people, I'll talk to anybody, as you can yeah. tell. I'll talk to, and I. Uh, Which I, I have had, a hard time believing that you were scared to get up in front of people. To oh, talk. I did. Yeah, I, was, I, I that was. Because I would be frightened beyond belief. And even when I was ordained a deacon, I would shake. I would just, it was terrible. Really? So I had to preach, and my dad, um, uh, I was at Our Lady of Victory in Northville as a deacon. And my dad, um, he called it a Ukrainian sunrise, and he would hold his hand down, and he would let his other hand come up, but only one particular finger would be uh, would be raised. And so he's, you know, so while I'm preaching, my dad does this to me to make me laugh and to do these, you know, because it, it relaxed me. And here's yeah. this man who was so faithful, yeah. but he's like, you know, grab onto like, don't be so serious, you know. And, and so that's what I take is that, you know, because the Lord had fun. The Lord had all of his buddies. They went oh, out yeah. and enjoyed themselves. And sometimes, you know, we as Christians, as Catholics, can be the most dour people. It's like, what are you doing? Sure. I love serving the Lord. Let's mm-hmm. be happy while we're doing it. Yeah. And who, you know, yeah. who wants to join a, you know, not joyful missionary disciples, but sour, you know, crabby whoever's, yeah. and, you know, you go. Yeah. We want to be sure. respectful. I mean, you know, liturgy, there's time, sure, and sure. you can do it, Dad. And so, you know, <laughs> yeah. but, but, you know, but and God rest him, he knows now. But uh, but I think, you know, with all that, it's just, it's, you know, come on, grab onto life. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. How, so yeah. how long was a seminary for you then? I uh, transferred and I lost a year from Michigan State because I was doing uh, general ed. Um, and so uh, I did. So I re- I did two sophomore years, one at state, one here at the or here at the seminary, and then uh, so I did uh, three years there. And then they were, when I was in the seminary, they're changing it again now with the new plan yes. for priestly formation, which I'm really glad about because I did five years in graduate school. So um, what happened is you did four years of academics, and the year in the middle 
was an internship year. And I got to tell you, that is that really um, sold it for me. Yeah. I was out at St. Andrews in Rochester and had an amazing mentor. He was a wonderful, wonderful man. He, I just uh, recently, he passed away about uh, in the last couple of years. And he uh, was just an amazing mentor, and he uh, let me do everything, forced me to do stuff that I didn't feel comfortable about. I was sure. running youth groups and doing, oh, yeah. you name it, getting out there, was going to the prisons, and you name it, I did it. And I loved it, because I'm not afraid of, of getting my hands dirty. And loved it. And just and I still stay connected with people from there. Still stay connected with people from grade school and high school and Michigan State, and it's, it's awesome. And so it's not like my, I did think my life was going to come to an end when I, you know, I'm going to join the seminary. And it, it sounds so corny, but it really began in a brand new way when I got there. My yeah. worst year at the seminary was my uh, first year in grad school. And the reason why is because I couldn't do ministry. And they, oh, sure. they wouldn't allow us to do an apostolic experience. And we had a, a you know an academic load and all that stuff. And it yeah. was hard for me. Sure. Um, so what I, so I, love doing i yeah. love i love preaching now i love to celebrate mass i mean talk yeah. about a, a you know a turnaround for that and you know kind of being afraid of getting up yeah and uh, and the lord helps you he gives you the yeah. you know the lord gives you what you need 100 percent. and uh, and i so i love that i just i really i share i like to share that story because who would believe it who yeah. would believe that you know we were doing this and i i was able to do gordy howe's funeral um and my, my family's friends with uh, oh. his family, and um, was it a big funeral? I mean, I it was have... a big. The cathedral was packed, and uh, it was live streamed. And the, that's why I bring it up. It was live streamed across Russia and across Canada. What year was that? It was when it was at the cathedral. Uh, Might have been uh, twenty sixteen or seventeen. Sounds okay. right. And uh, oh, a gentleman recognized. He said, "I know you." I wasn't wearing a collar, and all of a sudden he's like, "I know you. You did Gordy Howe's funeral." And, huh. But it was live streamed, and I guess like a million people watched this. So try to wow. be live in front of a million people. Yeah. And uh, in the the governor um, Schneider was in the rectory because the people were there, and he wanted to greet the family, and the family was in my house. And um, and so I walked in, and I was so nervous. Oh my gosh, yeah. I was so nervous. You know, still doing that. Was, and uh, and I walked past, you know, and he's standing next to him, and I'm like just kind of looking. I'm like, oh, I didn't even notice. You know, there's the governor of the state next to you, and I mean, but I but. But I'm thinking, if I can do that, come on, if, if yeah. <laughs> I can do this, this this nerdy little kid, man, I can, you know, you can do anything. You really yeah. can. You yeah. really can. So don't give in. I had a gentleman in my Bible study today who was talking about the world and the and the challenges and all these things. And I, I, I was really, I talked about how um, Prop 3 was, and I, how that was like a punch in the gut for me. Um, yeah. You know, I helped found a home for pregnant homeless women and, and all that kind of thing. And, and uh and he said, well, do you think this is it? You think, you know, there's no change in it. You know, we're not changing the world. Oh. We're not changing it. I said, what? What are, what are you talking yeah. about? Yeah, the yeah. Lord has already done Like, what are you talking about? Well, you have a mission. We each have a mission. And we're doing this with hope. It means we just work harder. We have, yeah. you know, we have to help those ladies. We have to have 100 Mary's Mantles, you know, yeah. homes, the pregnant right. home, home for pregnant homeless women. We just need to get our hands dirty. We need to do a zillion podcasts. Yeah. We need to do, you know, just just keep doing it. And then the Holy Spirit is going to make it come alive. Yeah. Look at our first pope. Look at Peter. That's yeah. what that's what our power does was today. He denied him, 
And then he looked over, you know, and, and Jesus turns around and looks at him. I can imagine yeah. all that look. And you're like, oh, my gosh, I just denied you three times. But look, he makes it's him the like, first pope. You're still going to be the pope. Yeah. yeah. And I love you, and I get it, and you're, and, I, and he pulled, you know, he had this faith. Yeah. And so and we all have faith, as minimal as it might be. I don't care if you are the card-carrying member, poster, leader of the parade, or you're way in back and you're just kind of tagging along. You're still a part of it. And so it is a little sad. You know, well, nobody's coming to church. Well, let's invite them. Yeah. Invite them. Bring them to church. Come, you know, go where the Spirit is leading you, and, and, yeah. and that's, where, that's where we go. Yeah, and I get to travel yeah. to different parishes and talk about vocations. And, you know, a lot of churches are filled. It's not like they're not filled, and there's a lot of faithful people. Amen. And, you know, we like to... A lot of people say we're dwindling in numbers and different things. And, yeah, there is some, some of that, but there are places where we're growing at an exponential rate and that people are on fire for the Lord and right. they're ready to do His work. And what we really need right now is we need more priests. So you Amen. who are listening, we need more priests if you're thinking That's about it, it because God needs you and we need you. When I did that interview uh, to get into the seminary, when they do the psych evaluation, I still have the whole thing <laughs> just to prove that I'm not yeah. uh, I'm stable enough I'm to be I'm not crazy. <laughs> exactly. And, uh, and it said, J.J. tends to look on the bright side of life. And I think that's a gift. Yeah. And I think it's 100%. a gift because of what you just said. You know, in the fact that I think we are the worst advertisers as Catholics. Yeah. More Christian service is done around the globe every day because of the Catholic Church than any other group. Yeah. You don't hear that. All we hear about is this thing went wrong and this parish sure. and this father sure. looked at me cross-eyed and I'm crabby and blah 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 and I don't like this and this is boring and they're not doing it, you know. Wait a yeah. minute, you know, wait a minute, come on. With the, And I, I said to, uh, when I first got to one of my parishes, there was this, you know, the people come and they kind of check you out. And, uh, and these couples said, Father, we really like your style. I like your style. And we're not from this parish. And I said, don't tell me what parish you're from. Hmm. I said, but I'd love to have you here. But, but, I said, maybe, just maybe, God is asking you to bring what you're finding here at this parish to your parish. And that's the thing. You know, yeah. let those people, you know, nobody's doing blah, blah, blah in my period. Well, are you doing it? You know, get yeah, your hands exactly. dirty. Don't yeah. get discouraged. Yeah. So that gentleman that was at the Bible study today, and he's this brilliant guy, and we were having fun because I love our, our Bible studies are very engaging at the cathedral. And uh, and he's like, you know, you're right, you're right. And I said, no, Jesus has already won. Yeah. We just got to continue Amen. this thing. And, you know, we like, but death and this and that, you know, yeah, yeah, okay. But he dealt with that too, side. yeah. Exactly, he dealt with that as well, right. Wow, that's great. Father Gigi, I loved what you said. Um, of so many things you said, one of the things you said earlier, like you're you're a feeler, high on the feeling yeah. scale. And I think that that's coming through right now. I love that. Um, I'd probably put myself, I'm probably more on the thinker side. I can get lost in my own thoughts too, or just like pondering stuff. Um, but I think it just goes to show like God calls all kinds of people. Amen. Right? And uh, I don't know if it's too early to ask this question, but one question we always ask is uh, if there's young men listening, uh, who are maybe thinking about uh, the priesthood, thinking about, uh, you know, considering a call. What advice would you give oh, to I someone in that, uh, in that, uh, you know, position? Yep, perfect question. Um, I would say when I was a little guy, went to 12 years Catholic school, but didn't totally have a one-on-one -on -one relationship with any of the clergy that were there. Sure. And so um, what helped me when I went on that, you know, that homecoming date and met this guy who was, you know, he seemed like, wow, he seemed really nice. I like this. Yeah. And I had this exchange and I, uh, 
So I took the effort to contact him yeah. and, I, and to talk about my vocation. What do you think? What do you think? And this is the same guy who said, you know, you are fighting this way too much. If God wants this to happen, he'll let it happen. Yeah. You know, kind of go off to Michigan State and do your thing. So that was, in my own way, it was my own kind of form of spiritual direction, my yeah. own form of uh, just kind of help me to discern this as an extrovert yeah. and, and th- put my thoughts together about what is the Lord asking of me. Yeah. And so that what I would say, I'd say talk to, if you can find a priest, if you can find anybody who, you know, would be somebody who can help you and be a uh, kind of a balanced person who would, to make sure, because sometimes... Like even I, went, I got together with one of my classmates. Uh, uh, I invited him over to my house about a week and a half ago, and he was in the seminary um, when I joined. He was a year ahead of me. Really good guy, and he laughs about this, so I, he, he wouldn't mind me sharing this. But he had this really rigid crew cut, and he wore a white shirt and black pants every day. Yeah. And I'm wearing, you know, it's the 80s, and I'm wearing, you know, I had yeah. the, the parachute the, pants, parachute <laughs> pants, you name it. I had, I had the big hair and and, and all that kind of thing. And so he didn't like that. He didn't like that I was laughing all the time and having fun. He didn't like the fact that I, I mean, I did great academically. So sure. I don't know why he wasn't mad with that, but he was, he didn't like that I went by JJ. I've always gone by JJ, um, other than the sisters that would call me, you know, John, that was my dad's name. So they always called me JJ, but he didn't like it. And he would not call me JJ. He would call me John. And it was just, it uh. didn't bother me. I just kind of did the thing. So I share all that because, um, you know, he laughs about it now because he thought you need to be this particular thing. And he was sure. going even beyond to what he was. And I was just myself, you know, kind of following what I felt the Lord yeah. to be. So so be yourself. Yeah. Continually pray. Continually ask the Holy Spirit to give you guidance. You'll, it, it, it'll, he'll lay it out for you, yeah. in my opinion. I think he will. But talk to somebody. Discern yeah. and talk to somebody. Come, come to... We have an ex, I'm on the board of the seminary here. Um, so come, it's an excellent seminary. Come talk to the vocation director, and yeah. that's a great person. Come just meet a seminarian, meet, meet, just go to your parish, ask. Ask people that you trust to pray for you. Yeah. And, yeah. and I, so I think yeah. that would be my advice. But Don't do it alone. Don't yeah. do it alone. That's yeah, what I would yeah, say, yeah. don't do it alone. Yeah. Well, thank you, Father JJ, for coming out and speaking to us a little bit about your vocation story and, and about what God has been doing in your life, especially through the arts. It's really fascinating. So yeah, thank you for these listeners. Pray for us. Pray for me. Pray for us at the cathedral. Pray for vocations. And because uh, uh, in what uh, you have to look at the plan and the, some of the material that uh, these two gentlemen are working on and put together under Father Guerra as a creative uh, mind. So they're excellent. Seriously, that'd be another thing. Go read that material. Hell, yeah. He's got some good discerning uh discerning mean what do i need to do kind of processes to go through awesome awesome Thanks. well you want to lead us out in a prayer i would love that so in the, name of the father and the son and the holy spirit amen so first lord thank you thank you thank you so much for all that you do all that you're going to do in our lives next week is thanksgiving thank you for that gift and we're going to get together with family and friends and community we're going to gather at a meal So may all of us continue to gather at that table, that altar, and be fed by you continuously. Draw more people to the source and the summit and help us to really be fed in new and wonderful ways. And as we are sent forth and and go in peace to glorify the Lord by your life, may all of us, anybody who hears this, truly do that, no matter what their vocation. And may we say yes at every moment. We ask all this in 
your son's name, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. 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 Father, Son, Son, Holy Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Father JJ. You've been listening to Men of the Hearts, a monthly podcast from the Archdiocese of Detroit Office of Priestly Vocations. Join me, your host, Father Craig Guerra. And me, Father David Pelican. As we explore the priesthood, hear vocation stories from priests all over the Archdiocese, and answer questions about discerning a priestly vocation. Tune in every month to wherever you get your podcast and learn more at DetroitPriestlyVocations.com.